Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. And since it's Wednesday, I'd love to welcome back on the program Cruzy McCalligan. Cruz, it's really lovely to see you. And you've changed your hair colour. I have, yes, I have. It's darker for our Facebook viewers. That's (laughs) not the excitement they were expecting this afternoon, was it? No, it is. And I'd love for our listeners, I was just trying to do a smooth transition. I'm not very smooth. But (laughs) if you want to, you know, tune into Cruzy's audio column and also see her lovely new hair, uh, hop onto Facebook, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You've got a very interesting backdrop, background, that sort of matches your shirt. Yeah. I, well, I had to wear the shirt because I wore a stripy T-shirt today and I forgot that on video conferencing software sometimes when you have a stripy T-shirt on, it kind of zooms you out and it gets confused. you know what I mean? So then I'm wearing a little shrug on top of it and I've got, I look a very, I look, I've got an odd look today, I think. You look anyway. stunning. <laughs> For a very great topic, I, um, well, what are we talking got, about? We're talking about barcodes. Um, which actually are really, really interesting. And I don't think they get the credit they deserve as a pretty incredible invention of human history. So um, a long time ago, I used to work at a supermarket checkout. And um, of course, I became very, I know my way around a barcode if you work at a supermarket checkout, right? That's kind of what we, the main thing we associate with barcodes is beep, 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 beep. It's, a, it's just as satisfying as a three-year-old pretending to play supermarket is when you're actually a checkout. It's very, if they removed the beep sound, I don't think I would have had the job satisfaction that I did. It's so satisfying. I look forward to the but, self-checkout so that I can hear that beep and I can just, yes, you know. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, beep, just beep, beep. I don't know. It's very, it's delightful. Um, and of course, it is, it is one of life's most familiar sounds. If we were to just play a track of that supermarket beeping, you would know where we were talking about, wouldn't you? You would, you would be there. You would understand it. Um, and it's actually 30 years ago that a shop assistant made history by scanning a packet of Wrigley's chewing gum in what was the world's first barcode transaction. It was a little packet of Wrigley's chewing gum that was the first shopping transaction. But now we can find barcodes on absolutely everything. <coughs> Excuse me from frozen chicken to gunboats in the US. And um, there's more advanced versions on the way which will save us even more time and money because that is why the barcode came about. It was um, somebody who owned a, uh, somebody who owned a supermarket. We're gonna get into the history in a little bit more, scratching their head, begging an engineering university to please come up with a solution that makes checkouts faster at my grocery store, which is super interesting. Excuse me. Um, So the first, as I mentioned, the first barcode scanned with a pack of Wrigley's Juicy Fruit Chewing Gum at Marsh's Supermarket in Troy, Ohio. And every, and this happened in June 1974. And that packet of gum is, um, gum, sorry, is in the Smithsonian Museum. It's actually a part of American history, the the packet of gum that was scanned. and every year, apparently, on um, in June 1970, every year in June, in this one little supermarket in this one town in Ohio, they celebrate the first barcode transaction by so, giving out free gums. Probably throwing <laughs> juicy fruit everywhere. Um, now, it didn't. It, it actually, the ideas for the barcode started quite a few years before that. Um, in 1949, a man called Norman Joseph Woodland got the idea for barcodes when he made a handprint in sand and realized 
that bars, the bars of a barcode, why we call it a barcode, could be a visual equivalent of Morse code. So that beep, 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 that's my Morse code impression, by the way. Um, he, you know, so they, that, that was his idea. Now, at first, the barcode proved so unpopular um, that in 1976, two years after the first Wrigley's transaction, US magazine Businessweek ran the headline, The Supermarket Scanner That Failed. And it predicted that a thousand stores would be using scanners at that point, but only 50 had installed the costly equipment. Because once upon a time, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, it was not the tidy little checkout counter that we know of. It was a pretty hefty machine that you required to scan those few little lines. Um, apparently, I don't know if this is true, I have to check this, but all Chinese barcodes start with an eight, a number eight, because it's pronounced the same, because of like it being like but without the same way as, um, you know, prosperity, and it's considered to be a lucky number. So apparently all Chinese barcodes start with eight, which I haven't, I haven't noticed in Hong Kong, maybe in like the mainland. So I want to know if anyone's listening and has like is near a shop or something, and they could let us know if they all start with a number eight, because that'd be fascinating to know. Um, but of course, as mentioned, the first barcode scanners were the size of a washing machine because they contained components that had to be water cooled. They got too hot, like, you know, like a really old computer. They had to be cooled down by like a whole system of water. So it's like the size of a washing machine just to go beep like that, which is fascinating. The world's smallest barcode was developed by Dr. Stephen um, Buckman at the Carl Hayden Bee Research Center in Arizona. So these tiny, tiny tags were attached to bees because we know how important bees are, right? Bees are really important. We'll do an audio call in a minute. Just trust me, bees are really important. And they had these tags on bees to monitor their mating habits. And each line of code was one thousandth of an inch wide. That's the smallest barcode we have. The world's tiniest one is on the leg of a bee. That's adorable. Um, apparently, every day, five billion barcodes are scanned, according to the Barcode Monitor eCenter. So that's just like something they just happen all around the world, all day, every day. Um, and barcode scanners work by picking up minute variations in the width of the black lines and white gaps between them. So if you were looking at me on Facebook, you can kind of see my barcode behind me. That's what we're kind of thinking about, like those different lines. Um, and the standard 13-digit barcode system can produce 10,000 billion, 10,000 billion. Like that's a lot. That's a lot of unique codes. So just that system can create 10,000 billion different codes. I didn't even know it was 13 digits. I, I never even paid much attention to how many digits are, are really on a barcode. But wow, oh, really? that's a lot of combination. It is, you know, it's great. I do have some like glimmers of memory. You know, when you like replace things from your past with new memories that are more useful at the time. But I do have these glimmers of memories of like memorizing the barcode sequence oh. for like bananas at the supermarket when I worked there. Because then you'd feel really cool because you'd come, someone would try and scan something and it wouldn't work. And you'd be like, oh, just hold on. It made you feel like. There's few moments in my life that have made me feel as cool as remembering all 13 digits of the barcode of a banana. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's not, you're never going to know where life takes you. Okay? So they should make barcodes universal. So barcodes mm -hmm. for bananas in New Zealand would yeah. be the same as Hong Kong. But, well, yeah. I prob they probably 
probably are if they come from the same place. Yeah. You have Ecuadorian bananas exported to New Zealand versus Ecuador. You know what I mean? Like products are products are products. I suppose They'll come so, from yeah. the same place. They probably do. Yeah. Um, the first UK barcode was printed on a box of tea bags in 1978. And so that was in a couple of years after it came out in the UK. But they've also been the subject of satanic conspiracy theories. Of course they have. Um, in a book called The New Money System 666, published in 1982, an author, Mary Stuart Ralph, claimed that barcodes secretly encode the number 666, which is the biblical mark of the beast, so like the devil's number or something. So of course, like any kind of new technology, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you get the vaccine, you've got 5G signal, whatever it is. Like, we're just gonna go with that, that that happens. They're kind of hand in hand, right? Um, in early days, sunlight shining through windows at the front of stores prevented barcodes from being read. So, you know, like, of course, when you think about the design of a supermarket, maybe not so much in Hong Kong, because we don't really have like a, well, sometimes we do have like a glass window at the front of the supermarket, but you do tend to have the checkouts visible through the supermarket. You know what I mean? You don't tend to look out at the supermarket produce. You look at the, the checkout. So that was actually a big problem. Apparently, when barcodes were first introduced, winemakers refused to have them on labels because they said that wine bottles were meant to be table decoration and that the barcode was ugly. How could they say that? <laughs> How could they think it was ugly? They just, it, um, they just don't understand. It's misunderstood. It's, it's art, really. Yeah, it is. It's art. It's art and technology. It's science and faith. Everything's together. But interestingly, so this is the fascinating thing about barcodes. Now, the average typist, okay, so someone who's very good at typing, will make one mistake in 300 keystrokes. Okay, so one mistake in 300 keystrokes. But the chance of a barcode error where the data does not match the product scanned, okay, so you scan it and it doesn't match a product, is roughly one in a million. So it really improves. It's quite accurate. Yeah, it's very accurate. And that's why it's been such an important thing for, for so many different things. Of course, the army used them. Um, in the US, the army uses two foot long barcodes to label 50 foot boats, which are in its storage facility at West Point Military Academy. Um, a number of- um, How are they uh, gonna like, scan and, and, it? I suppose they won't scan it. They would probably input the numbers manually. Well, maybe it doesn't really, maybe, I don't know, you use a, you use a laser on the thing and you scan it from a distance. Um, Japan has the most barcode scanning stores per head of any population and a barcode fashion phrase swept the country in 1997 with more than a million Tokyo high school girls getting temporary tattoos in the shape of a barcode. It's amazing. I'm so happy I know that. I think it's fantastic. Um, now, futurologists, which are a thing, did you know that? We'd be really rubbish at that. Well, I would be anyway. I'm not very good at predicting the future. They predicted that barcodes be, will, they do predict that barcodes will eventually be replaced by radio frequency identification tags or RFID tags, which we've all kind of heard about. We have them in um, things like our ID cards might have mm. some of them, those kinds of things, That's um, right. which would be small and cheap enough to be hidden inside of packaging. So instead of scanning every item individually, an RFID till would simply total up every item in your shopping trolley as it approached. It would just look at your oh, trolley and so be able to beep, 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 yeah. and just do it. You didn't have to put it through the thing. It'll just go. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. 
like that. It'd just be one beat. I mean, it'd be sad. Less satisfying, yeah. Sad. It would be sad. Um, apparently, you can barcode yourself. Um, you can log on to www.barcodeart.com, type in your age, gender, height, weight, and country of origin, and your personal barcode will pop up on screen, ready for printing. So you can barcode yourself if you wanted to. I mean, like, obviously not the conspiracy theorists among us. They're not going to be doing that, but anyone else could. Um, barcodes have saved shoppers, retailers, and manufacturers 17 billion pounds a year, according to a study um, completed, which is incredible. That's how much time and money they, they, they save because of their efficiency. And, um, and of course, we, we do use them for lots of other things as well. Like we use them in hospitals, like newborn babies have little barcodes on them. Um, oh, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Sick. Hospital patients have barcodes on them. They're, they're a way of tracking objects and people, I suppose, as well. With, with accuracy. And it's kind of fascinating that, that this little tiny thing, these, this little collection of stripes allows us to, to have that data. And of course, what is super revolutionary about the barcode is the fact that it tells us so much about people. Before the barcode, and actually I would like to say this because I was just looking and if it only came out in the 1970s, surely, like, I wanna ask my parents, like. You never told me about life before barcodes. What was it like at the supermarket? Like, you I'm, know what I mean? I'm this quite surprised. That, did you say about. it was only 30 years ago or 40 years ago? Yeah, only 30 years ago. That's insane. It's pretty recent. Yeah, you know it's very I mean? recent. I thought it's it sort recent. of existed sort of in, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I, 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 I mean, underestimate how old I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's like, you can ask someone, oh, what was it like before smartphones? And they'd be like, oh, God, it was so different. You'd have to call yeah. someone off a big, yeah. heavy phone and you'd have to walk to their house and all this stuff. And they like, you know, but like no one ever talks about going to a supermarket and not having barcodes. Like, why has no one ever told me what that experience actually, was like? I do. Actually, I, I do remember because they just have those printout tags and then they just like punch in the price of things. So, oh, sure. do you remember? I remember. It's been a long time. Yeah, and, and and well, I'm a few years older than you, Cruz. I I remember back in the day, um, there was a supermarket chain in Hong Kong called Swing. So it's it, it had white plastic bags, um, and then I, I think it kind of went out of business in in the in the early '90s. But I remember the checkout place had yellow tags, and then they would like two sixty, and people would like um just put punch wow. in the number in, in the in the tills. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, that's the thing. It's it's really interesting how we don't even think about how much it's changed. And of course, in, in to a degree, we have like QR codes now, right, as well, which we think about as barcodes. And you find like QR codes on discounted items at supermarkets in Hong Kong. You know what I mean? So they don't have the barcode, you use the QR code, and that would be your thing. Um, and that was the QR code or the quick response code. That's where it comes. QR comes from quick response. Hmm. was a code created for the auto manufacturing sector. They were first created back in 1994, um, and a company called Denso Wave, a Toyota subsidiary, invented the QR code in order to help track vehicle parts. It was designed to allow for fast decoding speeds, hence the name Quick Response Code. It marked the beginning of a two-dimensional barcode because of it being made of two-dimensional symbols and shapes. Um, but of course, QR codes are now super popular for things like marketing campaigns and doing leave home safe apps. You know, we scan those things all the time. So it's fascinating to think that once upon a time that these barcode reading machines were huge, they were the size of a washing machine, if not larger. 
um, and they had to they had to have all these um, you know they had sometimes they the oscillator that was attached and whatever inside of a small car just to just to read a strip of that and now we have that technology in a phone and we can do it where we do should be doing it wherever we go all the time is also super super fascinating um but yeah all because some guy was just like please help me please help me um my my supermarket is way too busy and i don't know what to do david hodges uh, get, uh, got in touch with us on on facebook and i think he was a refer- good afternoon to you david and, and he says uh, uh, really tell them to go and put their tinfoil hat on, I think earlier, uh, referring to, <laughs> to to your joke. And he says, yeah. did you know that here in Australia, if the scan is higher than the printed price, then you get it for the lower price, which is a really good point because sometimes, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the price that's printed on it and the scan, that the price don't match. Mm-hmm. And then you've true. got that. You've, and then you've got, you get these people saying, hang on a minute. I thought it was 590 not yeah, 11.90. Yeah. Totally. That's good to know. That's really interesting to know. Have you ever had the satisfaction of having an item with a squashed barcode? Like a packet of crisps or something. Something soft, like a bread bag. And then, and then they have to, and really you have to peel like, it. And you have to peel it and then beep it. Oh, a lot of satisfaction. A lot of satisfaction in talking about barcode experiences. I'm really setting myself up to be an interesting woman of the world, aren't I? <laughs> you are. Anyway. Um, but it is it is really interesting, and it all came from this one guy, inventor Joe Woodland, who um, drew it in the sand on Miami Beach, thinking, "I think we could do this. I think we could could make this make this system and make it work," which I think is so fascinating. Here's an actual quote from him talking about it, um, because they filed the patent for it in 1949. And originally, it looked like a bullseye. It was like you take fingers like this and you do like a circle round. It was almost like a bullseye pattern, but the thing is it didn't work with the bullseye. It had higher chances of um, being incorrect or having errors because of the shape, which is why we went with the, the rectangle shape. But here, this is what um, this is what the man himself said. He said, um, I remember I was thinking about dots and dashes when I poked my four fingers into the sand and for whatever reason, I didn't know, pulled my hand towards me and I had four lines. I said, golly, now I have four lines and they could be wide lines and narrow lines instead of dots and dashes. Now I have a better chance of finding the doggone thing. Then only seconds later, I took my four fingers, they were still in the sand and I swept them round into a circle. And that's how he came up with this basic concept of the bullseye kind of barcode, which we don't see because it really wasn't the most effective way to do anything, to be completely honest. But what was interesting is that um, they, him and a friend, a chap called uh, Bernard Silver, they quite tried to make a crude prototype of a device that could work in this kind of idea they'd have. And they used a very powerful 500 watt bulb and an oscilloscope was used to read the code. And the whole thing was the size of a desk. So it was this huge thing that they were trying to, this huge machine, um, but it worked up to a point. Um, but they they didn't have the, the the mini computer that we have now. And critically, what they really needed was a very bright light to read the black and white barcode. Um, and in July 16th, 1960, he first saw the laser, which is when, um, so it, it was basically this idea, like the laser was invented. Do you know where the word laser comes from, Noreen? No. It's an acronym. I didn't know this. It's an acronym for oh, light yeah. amplification by stimulated emission of radiation. 
that's it. Now that you mentioned it, yeah. Oh, it you're like, an, no, I didn't. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I couldn't tell you what it stood for. Yeah, but it was an acronym. Yeah. Well, so this is hilarious. So the, the, the lasers invented, and they have uh, things like the Los Angeles Herald releasing stories like LA Man Discovers Science Fiction Death Ray. And of course, one of the first things they use it for is supermarket checkout shelves for reading barcodes. So that's a good application of something, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so that's the barcode. Um, and today you'll find that, well, in 2004, Forbes Fortune magazine estimated that the barcode was used by 80 to 90% of the top 500 companies in the United States. Wow. So, I mean, it's incredible. And to think even like our vaccination, like vaccine, vaccines coming in, they have barcodes on them. Everything uses barcodes. And it's it's because of the accuracy and because it's a pretty incredible system. So, yeah. Um, but two quotes to finish on. The first one, um, which is just kind of more like a statement of what a barcode is from Michael Andrew Marsh. He said, the scanning of barcodes or the reading of RFID transponders generates data that is used in, soft, in a software package to provide management or control information. So it's just saying like, we get data in unprecedented numbers from the use of barcodes. And David Foster Wallace says something which I really agree with. He says, or I can choose to force myself. Now, this is what we think about. We think about the supermarket and barcodes and everything. Um, he can say, or I can choose to force myself to consider the likelihood that everyone else in the supermarket's checkout line is just as bored and frustrated as I am. And that some of these people probably have much harder, more tedious or more painful lives than I do overall. And so I think even though the barcode sped things up a bit, and we still have to wait at a supermarket checkout for beep, 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 that maybe that that's a pretty, a pretty precious space for the human condition to flourish just in that moment in of waiting. Just a moment in time, yeah scan our bread eggs and milk okay yes wow so, yeah cruz i learned so much from you uh, today as our <coughs> as our audience have as well on barcodes i'll be doing some self-checkout uh, later on in the supermarket i wish i wish that all ha all supermarkets would have that so we all have that satisfaction of just doing beep beep, beep. yeah well we just have jobs as checkout checkout personnel <laughs> yeah you try that exactly <laughs> yes thank you so much for your time today and i look forward no to problem. more chats with you bye for now Bye.